What's up, Charleston? This is the Healthy Charleston Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Eve Gigi, where we talk all things health-related. We're going to talk about all sorts of health information, as well as, hopefully, clear up all sorts of terrible health misinformation. All right, I'm excited about today's guest. We have Johnny Wilson, who's got a great story, is a local celebrity with the Charleston <laughs> Battery and a soccer player. And, you know, there's so many things I want to focus on today. Right. One of the things that I just think is really cool was the longevity of your career. You know, yeah. that you just spent a lot of time. You're not playing right now, right? I mean, it means I'm old now, right? <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. Right. So, I mean... Where I like to start with most people is kind of like how you got into your sport, how you got into physical activity in general. How did that all start for you? Right. Um, first, thanks for having me. Yeah. Absolutely. How I got, I think a lot of people have heard this story uh, for me, how I got involved in in the game of soccer. I'm from Seneca, South Carolina, and uh, my best friend to this day, Andy Mace, and his mom introduced me to the game. Back then, I was a uh, kid in, in Seneca that wanted to play the other football. You know, I wanted I wanted to run down the hill at Clemson, and that that changed when I met Andy and Nita. I was always active. You know, growing up in Seneca, we um, my dad had a garden. We played outside all the time. You know, I guess back when that used to be a thing, huh? Back when that used to be the thing. The only <laughs> video games back then were Atari, which I didn't have. I think my neighbor had Frogger. I remember Frogger, oh, and um, so that is we spent a lot of time outside. We didn't know that we were actually helping our bodies and then probably helping us. Uh, when I say we, my, my, uh, my two brothers, we didn't know that we were developing a healthy lifestyle back, back then. And that's, that's how it started. That's how I got, um, got into the game. And I think I also believe the reason I had the longevity that I had was probably because my mom and, and dad, you know, had me eating right out of the garden, even when I didn't even know that was, uh, I guess now that's the cool thing, right? Yeah, it's like circled <laughs> back, right? We have like genetically modified foods and now it's like all oh, local, organic, right? Uh, locally sourced, farm to table, yes, right? Yeah, yeah. You were doing that like for yeah. real. Yeah, I was shucking corn and, uh, you know, going in the garden, getting beans. Back then I hated it. Mom would be like, I need you to go down and get and get some ears of corn and shuck them. How much uh, land did you have? Uh, you like farmers? We, we weren't farmers, but we, we had a decent sized garden. And that, that's what you did in, in, in Seneca. And then uh, before I moved to Seneca, we were in a town called Westminster. That's every, it seemed like everybody had at least a little piece of, of land where they live, where mm-hmm. you just, you, um, you farmed. You know, when I say farm, you, you planted something, you know, from watermelon to um, squash to all those things. What kind of plants did you have in your garden? The garden? Yeah. Let's see. Beans. Beans, corn. Watermelon. Um, was there squash? There was squash. And I'm missing a few. It's been a long time. But those, yeah, sure. But I mean, those I'm, were the main was ones. It just like one. Oh, it's some basil and tomatoes. Oh, right? no, no, like, no. Like, I didn't even know what basil was back then. Yeah. Tomatoes. Yeah. Tomatoes. But like it was it, it was just very, very simple, everyday, you know, uh, food. Right. And so most of your physical activity is really just play, right? Like, were you, do you go to the gym? Like, were you lifting weights as you 
kind of got further in your career is like maybe high school and like maybe take us through that a little bit how you became so specialized you had to have some sort of talent right, right? I, it, it started to get to get more specialized actually when I started playing uh, high school football I always wanted to play so you were a multi-sport I was so that's really important I think very very important it actually in college I was uh, growing up I was a more of a forward playing soccer mm-hmm when I got to college, I was a four. When I turned pro, I was a defender. But what taught me how to play defense was high school football. I would play on the scout team, defensive back. Okay. And when you play, when you're a defensive back, you don't know where the receiver's going. So you're using the line and, and, and other different techniques to to either get the ball or, or to keep them in a certain area. Isn't and that so interesting? Like, I'm sorry, it's gonna, there's going to be a sides everywhere. No Just problem. Fair warning. Yeah. So we live in a world right now where everybody wants to specialize super early in sport right mm-hmm. like soccer let's see how much soccer we can play year around yeah. and and i i don't know what it's going to take because we now have evidence we have data we have multiple case studies like yourself who played right. multiple sports and made it to a high level right like what is it going to take to show people that these skills translate and only improve the game that you want to specialize later in life i more profound you know like yeah i i think it's um <laughs> it's going to have to be a community effort, meaning yeah. it starts with the parents. It also starts with the, the coaches and the organizations who, who have clubs, whether it's basketball, whether it's baseball, whether it's soccer. Usually the young athlete, and this is my opinion, they, they may not understand that. They may not understand right. that. I would agree. It's okay to play soccer during this time of year and it's okay to go play football baseball basketball if you look at the stats of 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 college football many of the players were i shouldn't say many but i would say at your top programs i think ohio state clemson they have prior close to 45 percent of dual sport athletes yeah i mean i had a nfl football player on Mm -hmm. um and his big sport was basketball. Right. And he attributes, he was a center. Mm-hmm. He attributes all his footwork and speed to being able to like play basketball and like cut and go left, yeah. which is if you just play football all your life, it's pretty much just straight up and down. Right. Right. And so he's able to transfer those skills. I don't think anybody even talks about it. It's like, yeah, it's skill trends, moving your body in different ways. You do the mm-hmm. same thing over and over and over. Right. And over again. Yeah. become skilled at that. But mm-hmm. um, what about the other kinds of skills? What about even just from injuries? Injury yeah. prevention standpoint. Yeah, all that comes into play, and I and I started learning, like I said, in, in football. And back then, soccer, you know, you didn't have. I grew up in Seneca. We didn't we didn't have a preseason workout. We didn't we didn't lift weights. Um, Surprised you had a soccer program. Oh right, yeah. You I know, think even in Charleston in my day, yes, it's tough to have it, a soccer program. I think it only became around. Uh, it only been around for four years, but football was when I was introduced to um, to the weightlifting side of it. Okay. okay. How how can I how can I fine tune my body even more? And then later, I realized that for each sport, what you do in in the gym with weights has to be different. I, I'll admit, I got I got too big, I got too stiff, and like more sport specific. Or yes. Just, okay. Yeah, yeah. More more sport. Uh, specific you know, soccer yeah like soccer. soccer you're not looking for these big powerful like bench press mm-hmm. kind of movements that doesn't really make not, sense right. as far as sports specificity is concerned which it may be in football a little bit more so right right and i and i had to learn that 
I didn't learn it in high school. I started learning more in in college at um, at Clemson, and then as also the sport. Do you so, played soccer at Clemson? Yes, right? yes, yeah, yes. Just, I played it. Yeah, I, mean, I, I just want to make sure. I was I was that. a one sport uh, player there, but that that is when I started to realize about really watching how I lived, how much I lived, also the preparation of uh, warming up, cooling down. And I do think there's a correlation with, with soccer players' injuries when they're, when they're not warming up and also if they're lifting too much weight, they become, they become tight and, and stiff. Mm-hmm. And as the, as the game started to grow in the U.S. and more games are on TV in, in Europe, and you looked at their players, they were very slim. Yeah. So that way they could get the most out of their body when they're running, kind of yeah. like a triathlete. The main, um, the best players are typically not these big guys, the, the Messi's, the Ronaldo. Even, I mean, he's cut, but he's mm-hmm. not necessarily a big dude. Right. He's not a power lifter. Right. You know? It's more of like, like you said, speed and agility, quickness. Quickness, yeah. yeah. And and I think the U.S. was was behind on that in, in regards to, to soccer. Uh, I think that's also why the game growing up was so much more physical. It was about, okay, I'm going to knock this guy off right. the ball. Instead, as opposed to, yes. Yeah. Instead of your, your, your skill mm-hmm. and your, and your technique. But that is, that is how I was introduced to now the, if you want to call it the specialization of, of, of fitness and, and, and working out. Was through just trial and error and just like, now I know specifically mm-hmm. What did you do for that sport? Not necessarily. Maybe in the off season, you're doing some more mm-hmm. different stuff just right. to get some variability. But like, yeah. if you're training for a sport, make sure that your exercises are specific to that. Right. Sport, right. And and at a young age, I, I think that that needs to be kind of that need to be the the for, Well, it need to be the forefront of your of your talk sometimes with the kids. No, but I, but I do believe that you need to to talk about it you know, about the warming up and about taking care of your body physically. And, you know, I, I coach now uh, futsal at EFC with Kevin Jackson. One thing mm-hmm. we're noticed, the kids are playing so much now. I work with the battery. Those guys are pros. So I know what their, what their, I'll call it their hours of, of how much time they put in on the field. With kids now, I have to ask them, how many games do you play this weekend? Raise your hand if you played more than more than two games. Are they playing more than two games typically? Oh yeah, so we'll we will like on a weekly basis. We'll get we'll get athletes that have that have played over a weekend, three maybe four games. And this is in a tournament. Um, may, maybe a tournament, but the, we would do that maybe like four or five times. Right, and I played most. I'd be sore by the end. Of, you know what I mean? Yeah, the whole well, time. I'm watching young young players come in and they're. And they're moving like I do now as a, as a 41 year old who just got in plane and we've had to adjust maybe six, seven years ago. You didn't have that, that, Mm -hmm. that also changes the session. The session now becomes, all right, we've really got to get these players warm, warmed up. We've got to make sure they're stretching. If we were going to do a very intense session, that maybe changes. Mm Mm-hmm. Because we, we have to watch out for them, especially with our older players. You know, we, we had four four young ladies who was this year, yeah, four four young ladies who 
committed to um, schools to play in college, South Carolina, College of Charleston, nice. Lander. Yeah. And we're, we're very careful about that, the amount of games. I don't have the solution yet to it. Yeah, I mean, but, it's just one of those things we've got to – soccer's so new, too. Yeah. Like now it's available where it wasn't available to us all the time. Yeah, Before, right. you know, there was an offseason because there was nowhere else to play. You know, right. We just play in our backyards right. during the offseason. So, yeah, man, I mean, it's just, just interesting where this specialization really has come from, you know, whether it's money-driven or whether it's, like, everyone thinks they're going to be a professional athlete. I mean, it's multifaceted. It sure. is. It is. And I believe it's all those things. Yeah. Um, because some, sometimes if you tell someone, you, what I've noticed is there are, there are organizations and clubs who they don't want to lose players. So if you don't want to lose, lose players, what do you do? You give them more options, keep them in. You yeah. Know? You keep yeah. them in, you, you create a longer season. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had no issue. I think one of the benefits of me growing up, yes, I played with a very small club. I had many different coaches. And now that I'm 41 and look back, I'm like, hmm, from each coach, I got something that actually something different. Yeah. Something different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's super interesting. I love that you talked about too, which is another important um, point that a lot of people don't focus on a ton is the proper warm up slash cool down. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm, I'm sure you know that the FIFA 11 plus came mm-hmm. out, they did this huge study and just realized when they did this kind of dynamic warm up, which was not static stretching, by mm-hmm. the way. It was very dynamic, very movement-based. Nobody was just like holding a stretch. Mm-hmm. That injury rates went down like, I think it was over 30%. It was huge. This is Premier League level players where it went down. Imagine what it would do to use sports. And, and people are doing it more than they were before now, mm-hmm. but still probably from a national standard, it's still way beyond, way below where it needs to be. Yes, I agree. And, and I was one of those people who didn't understand warming up. I didn't understand you, the importance I, of it. Are you kidding me? Yeah. When I was a kid, especially even in high school, yeah. I mean, we did, you know, we kicked the ball a couple times. I think I, I had one of the other kids <laughs> stretch my hamstrings. The old know. push, push. Yeah. Used to, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. Which, yeah. which is fine. I mean, it's better than nothing. But, right. You know, we definitely understand that now it needs to be more of these like squats and jumping and landing mm-hmm. and yeah. single leg lunges and like sprints mm-hmm. and, you know, prepare yourself for what is about to occur. Yeah. And I, <laughs> and I think for each, as you get older for each player, the warm up, I shouldn't say it's different, but there are a few things they may need to focus on. Sure, a bit more, more individually based. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, Oh, I deal with a lot of hamstring right. sprains. Okay. Well, I'm going to, you know, strains. I'm going to yeah. focus on my hamstrings because I know that's something there. I tend to have tight hips or my calves right. tend, you know, no, that's, that's a really and good. No, I, it's, I learned once again, I, I learned trial and error and, once I turned pro later in my career, I realized I, I could tell my body was changing and I realized I needed to get in a routine. So I developed a routine for my warm up. As I got into my 30s and playing, I would actually get on a bike before the actual warm up on the field for like five minutes, maybe 10 sometimes, and go through some, some light stretching mm-hmm. band work. So then when I got out to the field, I went through the warm up, but I knew I wasn't going to miss anything that I needed because that always, always had a icing on the cake after that. Right. Because always it's your, your preparation warm up, and then also technically and tactically mentally before the game is key. And I always sometimes would feel like if my body, if I don't feel close hundred percent, that's going to affect me mentally. 
that affects me mentally. That's going to affect me tactically and technically. And then some, I know I can remember some of the guys coming in laughing like, man, he's in the gym before the warm up." but it, it helped me. It was, yeah. it was what got the right me. mindset. Yeah. Get the right, yeah. Pro players, you right. can tell, are just headphones on, mm. getting themselves in a very specific mindset yeah. to, you know, perform because it's about performing at a hundred percent. Can't you do that? Right. And what I wish I would have done better though was, was, was my cool down. I think that is another important thing. It's a tough one. Maybe you got to know the it's, game. Oh, You're yeah. like, you are spent emotionally, mm-hmm. mentally, physically. Like, right. That's, that is a tough one. But the guys, the guys I've played with in my career who I've seen just their longevity and, and their talent, they had that routine warm up. Obviously, you play the game, they cool down. Cool down, I mean, you cool down. Get what do they do for the cool down, right? Like, it's just super interesting. We are talking about warm-ups, but nobody's yeah. like, you know, okay, he's foam rolling, he's stretching, that's probably the cookie cover. Right. right. What What did they do specifically that you noticed yeah, some what, of these players? What I've noticed with them is that is that once the game's over, you know, they talk, they sign autographs, and then they may go, I'm going to the gym, just do kind of like what I call just shaking it out, you know, get on the bike a little bit, very, very light. Then they go through their stretches. They go through their stretches. That's more static stretches. Yes, yep, yeah, more... Yep more static stretches and then maybe ice bath, something like that. Mm-hmm. But it's a routine. Yeah. I, I, I think when you get the right routine, it, it becomes second nature. I had the routine for my, for my warm up. Yeah. But my cool down was, was awful. Cause in my mind, I'm like, I'm spent. I just ran what, maybe five, five, six miles. Yeah. You run an average of six miles. In a soccer right. Game. I just want to, I just want to go inside. Yeah. Sit get, down. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then as well, I noticed that hydration, they were, they were like right away. Um, that was that was another thing. Yeah. And in a place like Charleston, yeah. that is it's so key to so recovering. Yeah. It's it's and it makes me wonder now how many how many kids now are 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 doing that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I love what you talked about that it's so indi- individualistic, and that it's going to like take time. It's not mm-hmm. like hey, we can just go put this cookie cutter program in front of you and then you're just going to do it. Like, no, what works specifically for you? Are you, you know, if you want to take it to the next level, are you actually going to spend time doing trial and error to figure it out? Yes. It's, you know, got to spend time. I think it's one way PTs plug for myself, right? Physical therapists can help is, is telling them, okay, these are the things that you need to focus on. This is very specific to you. And like, how important that was for you, right? Very, like, very important. Just staying healthy, not say like performing in sports, like which is a small percentage yeah. of mission, but just being able to like continue to physically perform it doesn't have to be a sport. It can be your workout. It can be anything. Like, right. How and important that is. And now there is there's a lot out there, and I believe individuals should should speak with knowledgeable people like yourself and and PTs who understand. Uh, the the athlete, the sport, and what's out there. Because now I think athletes are being bombarded with, this is what you got to do. Oh, the, the newest stretch. Oh, the newest routine. Oh, this is what Man United does. Mm-hmm. Well, Man United has tons of money, and they can do whatever they want. Right. And I, I believe that, that that's where it's important for the athletes and the parents to seek out that, that knowledge. And I'll be honest as well, when – when I got hurt, uh, you know, I had, I've had a lot of PTs Yep. and at a young age and as an athlete, you just want to get back out there. So sometimes you feel like oh, it's going too slow. What's this guy, this 
this guy, this person, this woman talking about, you know, like, <laughs> Just let me go. yeah, yeah. She doesn't know how, he doesn't know how I feel. Yeah. And you have to develop trust. And I had to learn that to develop trust with the PT that, that they were knowledgeable, that they were, they were for me and that they could be the ones who could get me back to where I was as long as I put in the effort. And that, and that's a mentality of some athletes. They, they don't understand what maybe you understand. The PT understands all they think about is I need to get back on the court on the field. Yeah. And I, I had to learn that. And once I, once I was able to, to learn that, and I also connected almost like loyalty in the PTs. Well, like I've got a person in my corner now, right? Like a boxer, right. I got a corner guy, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I think it's so important too when you're in a moment or you're in a business or you're in a sport, like you have one focus, you can't, take a bird's eye view of what's going on. Mm-hmm. That's why it's so important to have somebody who's a quotations neutral party right. to say, Hey, it's not time to go yet. You know, yeah. it's one of my biggest challenges. And that's why I try to make these things. I tell my patients, this is not an emotional decision. This is an objective decision. Mm-hmm. Right. And so like, you need to be able to crawl before you can walk. Mm-hmm. You need to be able to walk before you can run, you can right. run before you can, you know, it's, a, right. you know, it's very objective. Like, can you do this? Yes or no? Like, I can't do this yet. Without that. Okay. You can I would have said yes. Tomorrow. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I would have said yes. That's right. Yeah. You know, I can see you wincing, right? Yeah. So it's just, no, and that's some of our challenges for sure as healthcare professionals. I, I believe it. And, and, and you see it even at the youth level. They, the, the athlete thinks they're going to miss out. I think the parents and coaches have to, to trust the PT mm-hmm. and, and when I call shut them down, and when I was younger, I should have been shut down a couple of times. I had I had real bad tendonitis, and there's there's that trust factor um, with you know with the PTs, and I think most athletes and definitely professional athletes to tell you if they get hurt, they probably have from a PT standpoint, they've got someone maybe two. Reason why is there's that trust factor, and they know that that person is in their corner, as you said. Mm-hmm. That also that individual knows maybe their sport, but knows them. Right. And I've like I know that uh, Johnny Wilson just tends to go a little bit too early, so I'm going to just mm-hmm. keep him an extra week or two because I've you know tr- again just trial and error. Yeah. I know that you said that. I mean, it's a big big way that I learn yeah. a lot of things. Is, right. Is uh, you know trial and error, and then be able to yeah speak specifically to that person mm-hmm. and. And what you guys give, it, this is going to sound a little bit cliche, it lasts a lifetime. What I mean by that is even to this day, I still do different types of uh, workouts uh, for my hips because I hurt my knee. And they say that if you want to get your knees right and keep them yeah. healthy, your yeah. hip. So I still do some of those that I um, that the PTs gave to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, I think I think that's important. So it does it does last yeah. With you. It's yeah. a lifelong process, right? Like we have it to, is. man, it's not going to be easy. It's going to go ahead and, you know, do a PSA. It's not going to be easy. <laughs> this is a lifelong process to keep mm-hmm. your body healthy. Like, yes, you're getting older, you know, yes, age is a factor, but I think it's less about the age and more about like how many reps you've done in a non-ideal way or how many reps mm-hmm. you've done something. It's more the repetition that yeah. hurts people than just like, I'm actually older, you know, right. I'm stiffer. And I'm like, no, like you can be in your nineties and be way yeah. healthier than a 20 year old. Yeah. You know? and, it's, it's and your just, technique in doing something. Yeah. I, I think the technique of, of doing, I had to learn that about 
weightlifting. Uh, I had to learn that about if I'm using a band. And those are, those are things that are, are important. They're vital. Um, and I'm, <laughs> I guess I am thankful that I learned about, I had to learn them through, through injuries. And, and like you said, just over time, trial, mm-hmm. trial and error. And I think that's, that's what helps athletes last. Yeah. In the profession. whole process. Mm-hmm. All right. So we did, we, man, did we go on a rant there, but give me a little bit more, um, did you get recruited by Clemson? How did you make it to the battery? Tell us a little bit more quickly, just kind of about okay. your story and kind of where you've ended up now. I'll give you, so my first letter was not for American football, soccer. It was, well, sorry, it, it was for American football. It was actually oh. for Notre Dame to be a kicker. Really? Yeah, but I, that was back when Lou Holtz was there and he was coming down recruiting players in South Carolina. Does my wife know that? My wife is a diehard Notre Dame fan. I see. Well, they're, they're in the hunt for the, uh, <laughs> yeah, they for game. the playoff. Yeah, yeah, she was, yeah, yeah, with my Tigers. So I, football was, unless I was going to play running back or, or something, that movement, it was too boring. Mm-hmm. Always wanted to play at Clemson. Used to be a ball boy. They, they hadn't been really recruiting me. And I looked at College of Charleston, UAB, went to UAB, they offered me full scholarship at that time. I hadn't heard from Clemson. Probably about a month later, I heard from him. And uh, my dad, who had, my dad and mom, I think to this day for this, they said, we know that you have a full scholarship to UAB. I also knew that they couldn't afford, you know, to, to pay a lot to go to school. Mm-hmm. But they said, we know you want to go to Clemson. So we worked it out, you know, got some grants. That's how I ended up there. And from there, I was drafted. Back then, you had two drafts. You had the USL. You had MLS. I think I am the only player to be drafted twice by the same team, Kansas City. Oh, Back really? then, Kansas City was the Wizards. Okay. And they're sporting KC. So yeah. I, was, I was drafted. And from, from college, I went into camp with Kansas City then came back to Charleston. I was, I was still raw because when I turned pro, I, was, I became a defender. Mm-hmm. And the place I became a defender was was here, actually on Stony Field. Stony Field, man. We were back in the day for we, sure. Uh-huh. We were we were we had a inner squad scrimmage. The left back went went down, and so like John, you know, go go back there. And I was See how it goes. Yeah. Wow. And that's it. And it, that's where you stayed and ended up. That's where I stayed and ended up, and yeah. it and it probably was a. I think it's one of the. It's one of the things that helped me have a lasting career moving back there. If, if you're not scoring goals, it's you're going to get moved mm-hmm. and released. And uh, so that's that's how I ended up here uh, with the battery. The battery's always kind of been a home away from home uh, for me. You know, how many the, years were you at the battery? Oh, I think it's ten. Ten. But when you say think that that that's how you know it's been a long time. Yeah. 10. yeah. And no, I mean you were at the battery, and then you stayed there. No, I, I went I went back to Kansas City. We won an MLS Cup in two thousand. I don't I don't wear rings. I think it's in a safety deposit box somewhere. Okay, there you go. And that was on the team with now the sporting KC head coach Peter Vermes. We had a squad, Tony Miola, uh, Mo Mo Johnston. Yeah. Yeah, there were uh, it's got ninety two World Cup as yeah, that poster. There were some players. Yeah. I came back after that to to Charleston. Was here for three years. We won championship. Went to Rochester, which you can imagine going from Charleston to Rochester. Yeah, was those are rivals for people who do not know. Yeah, it was rivals. was an experience. And yeah. then I went to DC United, 
and uh, enjoyed enjoyed DC and was there. Uh, played with Benny Olson and some some really talented players. I, I think that was one of the. I still call it America's team because the atmosphere there was always electric. You know, we played mm-hmm. at RFK Stadium where the stands bounced up and down. The stadium wasn't like the ones they are now where the players walk through a, a restaurant. It was just full on just stands and in a bowl. Right. And I had a great time there. I, I got hurt. And that's what brought me back to Charleston. It's pretty interesting. When I got hurt in, in D.C., I thought I was done playing. Uh, I went back up to the upstate. Uh, what kind of injury did you have, if you don't mind me asking? Um, so I had tendonitis. Mm-hmm. Remember earlier I said tendonitis. Yeah. And I really was just pushing through it. And there was a game where I just, it was on turf, and it was just killing me. And I, I spoke to our, our coach and the the trainer at the time, and they said, well, we need to take a look at it. Come to find out, I was probably about to tear it. It was, it was at that stage where it was just um, – spring yeah just that bad and to be honest it was it was at a time in my career where athletes always tell you this you know you get to that stage like oh man this is it this is i'm about to get to that next step and things Mm -hmm. happen so i had the surgery and i was out for probably a year i didn't think i was going to play again because i i never had an injury like this i was Mm -hmm. used to just bouncing back and i just felt like this was something different what i learned from that and we talked about this time taking taking your time again trusting tra- the process there's right. themes here right there and i think i i tried to come back too early um the rehab the rehab was tough but it was it was worth i was gosh in there probably five days a week four hours a day and uh, it's a funny story i think i was gonna play and then i get a call from coach anhauser he goes hey i hear you're playing which i wasn't yeah. i probably been on a field with uh some kids out and he goes, uh, can you play? And I said, nope. He goes, why don't you come down here? So we met over at, back then it was it was Queen Anne's Revenge. Oh, yeah. And he said, why don't you come down and, and just see? I was like, coach, I can't play. I'll never forget this. We're training over. So I, I come down. We're training over at the College of Charleston preseason. And he convinces he, you to come, at least come to preseason. Yeah. Yeah. And Ian Fuller, you know, Ian, Ian Fuller. Mm-hmm. Ian's never been been short on on honest words, and I'm out there running around, and I'm limping. He goes, "Man, you're really limping. You sure you're gonna be able to play?" <laughs> and this is like a buddy that I played with in college. Yeah, yeah. And I just kept kept doing the rehab. I had I had some great individuals with PT. I would go to PT every seemed like every day. Yep. And I can remember like it was yesterday being in there and you're on the BOSU ball, you're doing the band. And that's, that's how I started planning it. Developing strength back again, getting developing the strength program. back and, and just getting that confidence. And I think athlete will tell you, they'll know when they're like, man, I'm back. It, it, it just clicked for you. It clicked. It went from woe is me mm-hmm. to like, Wow. What do you um, think did it? I mean, PT as a whole probably was helpful, but like, is there like specific exercise you contribute to or this moment or again, we're just trusting I, the process. I will say when you're in, I think the difference, and this may sound bad, the difference maybe with an athlete who is a pro or a collegiate high level athlete, when they get into the, the process of rehab, they get after it. 
they you're just all in. I mean, maybe say like four hours a day. Like, yeah, how many people can conceptualize that? Nobody's yeah, got four hours days. Yeah, four and, hours a day to train, right? And, and, and rehab. And the four yeah. hours you're, you're you're talking the warm up. You're talking, you know, and then the cool down, and and then what else you have to do? There, there's a lot that goes into it. Mm-hmm. But when you get in that 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 process, I'll, I'll admit there's sometimes you. I probably push myself harder, just as hard as PT as I, as I have in a game. Because I knew that for me to even have a chance of getting back and playing and enjoying the game, I had to push myself. Right. And I, I'm, I was at, Stedman Hawkins had a clinic up in Spartanburg and I was there in their, in their PT facility and had this machine where you, you strap in, mm-hmm. but you're like having to, to. Like knee to, extensions? Almost, almost like that, but you're. But you're resistance almost, forward and yeah, backwards. Yeah, yeah. The and, biodex machine yeah, is what and, they call it. And there was one where you would run. And I would literally push myself to almost th- just threw up. Mm-hmm. And it was it was some tough days. It'll you'll you'll find out really quick what you are uh, what you're made of and, and also what your PT is made of. Yeah. It's I mean, it's just so funny. Like let's let's go professional athletes aside. <clears throat> what most people's it's gonna be another rant, most people's perception of physical therapy is not pushing yourself <laughs> to the point of how you throw up. But let's be honest, that's what it's going to take to rehabilitate an injury. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you're coming back to like from a knee replacement, if you're coming back from tendonitis or plantar, like you've got to work really hard to assist your body in the healing process. Like if you're just laying there and getting on a bike and doing a cold pack and getting a massage, like that's not rehab. That's not PT. Yeah. Man. Right. And, and I had to, I had to come to terms. I know with that, but the environment, I was lucky to be in some great, with some great PTs, but the environment they created, because sometimes you can walk into a room and you see someone over here and, and in your mind, like, Oh, they're, they're, um, I call it rehab there, mm-hmm. but it just seems like they're not, they're not getting after it. Yep. And if you're not careful, that can get into your, your sure. psyche. Yeah. And I, I think that's why even at Clemson, I never forget where I, I had a very bad ankle injury right before we were going into the NCAA. And the PT there, Donna, never forget Donna. <laughs> she had me running. I think it was, was it Little John? But steps. And she said, it's going to hurt, but your ankle's fine. This is after we went. And I would be the only one in there just – I'm like, oh my, you know, just running. Yep. And that, that, that. So your PT actually physically hurt and that was yeah. okay. Guess what? You got stronger from it. Your injury yeah. did not get worse. Did right. Right. It's another like point. Those, to yeah. You those know? are the things you learn. And I actually stopped, stopped taping my ankles. I had, I had confidence in the process of what a PT told me. It's like, look, I, I think, I think you're taping too much. I was like, no, I've been doing this. Oh man, that's such I've a been doing this for, and, and but yeah. but but for me, that's what. Yeah, it's always specific, but I right. would completely agree. I like yeah. to use the analogy of like, you break your arm and you put your form in a cast, mm-hmm. and let's say it's four four weeks. Let's say it's two three months. What does your forearm look like mm-hmm. after it's been immobilized? Right. Tape is not casting, but still, there's an immobilization effect where right. you're creating stability. Mm-hmm. And so those muscles are going to think they don't need to work. Mm-hmm. It's just the bottom line, yeah. you know? And again, I'm not 
a soccer specific health professional or even football, but they tape everything. It's just had some interesting discussions with PTs. Yeah, how that can be can be individually based, but can right. be a bad thing for some. Right, it it goes back to what we were talking about about the there's a lot of new ways or maybe old ways that come back around. I believe everything comes back around. It's mm-hmm. just a matter That's of, funny. of yep. I was speaking to uh, two professionals, and when it comes to getting getting help, I think one of the mistakes I made, I don't know if it was a mistake by me, the I needed probably as soon as I could to get right into the the rehab phase. You know, it took it took some time for me to get paperwork and all that, but mm-hmm. it, I, I would tell any athlete who gets hurt, it's not the end of the world, and don't sit there sulking. I admit, I I sulk for a little bit. I think They're, everybody kind of has yeah. to go through that. Like I go through that in yeah. my training and if I got a hip yeah. in, like I just, I need to have a pity party right, for a little right, while right. and I'll come out the other end. Right. But the sooner yeah. you, you get on with it, yeah. the the sooner you can reach whatever level you're going to get back to. And that, and that was me. I had to come to terms with that. And did I lose a step? In my mind, I thought I did. But when, when I play, people were like, oh, you haven't lost a step. And I, I learned some very very good lessons and have been blessed. I was blessed to be able to, to play as long as I did. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, there's a reason why there's only the percentages are so low as a professional athlete, not because it's numbers, but, but injuries mm-hmm. and you're, you're constantly pushing your body to the limit a lot of times. Yeah. No, yeah. it's, it's so many good things to point to that I just would love to circle back around to. I mean, it hit a lot of it. I mean, just, yeah. just the fact that your PT said, Hey, this is going to hurt. Yeah. And your, your ankles are strong. They're mm. fine. It's just not something, unfortunately we hear a lot in yeah. the rehab world right now. Mm. We typically hear things of like your ankle's super weak. Let's be super protected of it. Yeah. Don't move at all. Oh, I don't know yeah. if this is going to work as opposed to like, Hey, it's going to hurt and that's going to be okay. Right. Your body's going to adapt and actually get stronger. Mm-hmm. And, you can get you back out on the field. And yeah. usually I, I just like I have my, my team on the soccer field as I, as my career, when I have my team of the doctor, the PT, mm-hmm. because once again, I, I believed in them and I, I, they, they had, they had built that relationship and trust to where I was like, okay, yeah. Yeah. You can tell me what to do. I'm going to do it. And you do I, it at a hundred percent. Right. A, listen, B, trust mm-hmm. in the process and believe in them. And then C, I mean, you, do you it did with as the coach. much as you could. Right. You yeah. do it with the coach. Why not? Why not have that team together? You know, I'm going to say off, off the field. Sure. And I, I would tell, I would tell parents to do that. I would tell athletes to do that because then when something happens, you know, you've got someone like you say in your corner. And you can go in there and, yeah. and, and really... Who's going to help push yeah. you and tell you what you can and can't do. And, and you can be honest with them. That, I think that's another honesty. Being honest with the PT when they ask you a question. Mm-hmm. That can be the difference in you getting back on the field or record or not. Like what... Right. In the time frame. And I'll admit, I, was, I wasn't always honest. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. I'm We're not always honest with ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, my, hip, my hip feels good. My yeah, ankle feels yeah, good. I can yeah, totally do this. Yeah. No, no, I can't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Your body will uh, check yourself pretty quick. Yeah. So I've, uh, you know, I, I look back now and, and I'm really thankful for, for those who were part of, uh, a part of my journey. And, and I, I tell individuals this as well as the, the little things that maybe you do, even a PT does that actually could be the spark to your career. Mm-hmm. 
So good, man. It, I'm going to save this podcast forever because I just think all those principles can translate to any human being. Right. Not necessarily a professional athlete. Right. But, you know, the, the game of life, so to speak, mm-hmm. is hard. It's physically demanding. Mm-hmm. And like you need a team of people to help you do that. Yeah. I mean, you know, is it, can you get on without it? Sure. Right. Of course. But will it be helpful? And will you probably get, you know, a longer career? Will you probably be healthier now yeah. and in the long run? Definitely. Yeah. And yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. All right. So I got some Spitfire questions. Okay. Let's do it. Yeah. Spitfire Let's questions? do it. All right. So first one, what are you best at? <laughs> love it. I just like to hit what am I with it. Eating. Eating. You're best at <laughs> I love to eat. I love to eat. And then some people say that I'm really good at telling stories. Yeah. I like it. What do you uh, suck at? What do I suck at? Yeah. Swimming. Sw- <laughs> that's a bad, that's, okay. yeah, I'm just being honest with you. Yeah. I suck at swimming. Did you learn how to swim? Yeah, but I'm not too good. Okay. But yeah. you can make it from one side of the pool to the next. Pretty yeah, good. yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Okay. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Swimming. And that's a, that's crazy. The first thing that came to mind. That is funny. Because bam, to, you're the yeah. first person that went totally spit. Like first yeah. thing, bam. <laughs> I don't get that enough. People usually want to overthink those yeah. things. I mean, what are you doing for training now? Speaking of, like, are you for, just working out? Are you still running? Just doing PT stuff? I I run. Run. I run and I go play uh, pickup. Okay. Not with, I I go play down at um, on Maple downtown. It's I love it. Just a group of oh, I remember guys and guys and girls and from all walks of life. You just play. Yeah. And they do a lot on DI too. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I just run. I usually that's where I get kind of my fix for soccer. Run up and down the field. I don't go into tackles. And then I probably run at least three times a week, three or four times a week. Running has become the place where I relax. I get ideas. De-stress a little bit. De- de-stress a little bit. And individuals will ask me, oh, how how far do you run? Like, what's your time? I don't wear a watch. Yeah, just go and run. I just run. It's kind of like when I when I grew up, you know, there were, there, there were woods next to me with, with hills and trails. I didn't have a, a stopwatch. I just went in the woods and just would run until you're tired. <laughs> so I'm tired. And then, yeah. and then I walk back The walk back is kind of my cool down. Uh-huh. Uh, after you play for so long, you, if you're not careful, you can, you always have that, that competitive nature, but there's also gotta be that time where you just decompress. Mm-hmm. And that, that's really what I do for work. I don't lift as much as I used to. Uh, just because I'm not playing as much. Mm-hmm. Um, We're going to do what your body feels good. Again, right. like you know what feels good, mm-hmm. what doesn't. And, you know. Yeah, yo- yeah, yoga. I do more body body weight now if I am going to do any type of... Uh, Calisthenics, that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. and, and I'm, I'm more trying to just keep it simple. Mm-hmm. So that way when I travel, if I want to go work out, hey, if it's a treadmill, great, but I'd rather be outside. Yeah, go run anywhere. Mm-hmm. All right, next one. This one's a good one. It's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. What's the number one thing the public should do to maintain their health and fitness? You could pick one thing. You can just do one thing. The one thing? Yeah. Like just for the general public, like, okay, I'm, I'm not, I don't feel as healthy as I want to be. I don't feel as fit as I want to be. If they want to just do one thing, what's the, you know, one thing they could, they couldn't live without? 
change our mindset about food. Change our mindset about food. Can you embellish on that? Yeah, I like food is fuel I'm kind good, of thing. I'm good at eating. Yeah. And as a as an athlete, I could eat whatever I wanted. But I, I ate because I just loved to eat and I didn't think of it as even even my portions were always bigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, more it's it's more like when you change change your mindset about food and the way you eat, I think it helps your body get back to where or, or get close to where it should be. I don't like the way I think about breakfast now, lunch and dinner is different than when I was playing. It's different from when I was growing up. And I think for even, I'm going to say my culture for African-American, a lot of times, if you didn't have meat for breakfast, wasn't a breakfast. You didn't yeah. have meat for lunch, wasn't a lunch. If you didn't have meat for dinner, wasn't, wasn't dinner. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've changed all that. It's just a mindset of, of thinking and, and also that little things. It's, it's, it's a process. Like I noticed like once I cut out certain sugars certain like soft drinks more water just I'm like i just started little little steps in mm-hmm. the morning two glasses of water um i cut out this is me personally i've cut out not having meat for every meal i start cooking more and and those little things are just changing my process of of about it's a mindset even even with foods and 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 i know kids are are, are fickle but one thing soccer introduced me to and traveling the world was different types of food. Yep. I go home now and I make guacamole and my nieces are like, what do you make? Like, so that, that's, that's the long answer to that. Yeah, one. no, that was a good one. I like, I mean, I, I completely agree. I mean, the, the world of diets and fads is at this point gone. And now we're understanding this is a lifestyle, yeah. lifestyle change and a change in the way that you view food. Just yeah, like you said, and, it's a mental. And mental if you shift. substitute one thing and, and you just stick with it long, you, you'll recognize you don't, you don't need it anymore. I haven't, I used to crush Dr. Pepper. Yeah. I haven't had a Dr. Pepper in years. Yeah. I don't even want it anymore at this point. No. At this point, you probably drink one, you'd feel sick. Yeah. I can't drink. I mean, I've had like a Coke Zero every once in a while. Yeah. But like if I drink a real, like, oh yeah. my goodness. Like, yeah. And, and, and it's like drinking syrup. Yeah. yeah. I, I watch, I, I, I do, I shouldn't say a concern. I, I like Gatorade. I just see kids with it too much. Mm-hmm. They're they're substituting water for that, which they they need it. But there's a balance, just like everything. A balance, else. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that segues into the one I forgot. I just want to ask everybody: like, what is your definition of health? Like, a healthy person looks like this, or you know, if you had to define it to somebody, how would you define it? Man, that's a it's a loaded question, yeah. I know. I, but I mean, you know, one of the first for, things to come around. There's no wrong answer, right? Yeah. I used to think healthy was I'm ripped up, I'm big, I've, I've got muscles. Now I look at it as, the good Lord bless everybody, as what a unique body type. So the definition of, 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 of healthy to me is, is what I'm, I'm supposed to look like. You know, let's say I wasn't lifting weights, but just doing, you know, body weight. It's it's really on an individual basis mm-hmm. because if you look too much at 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 this person over here, you're trying to be like them. That may not be your body type. You may end up making yourself unhealthy. You may end up hurting yourself as an athlete. 
And that's how I've, I've started looking at it. And just recently people told me like, man, you look, you look skinnier. And I said, well, guess what? I'm not, I'm not lifting like mm-hmm. I used to. I'm eating better. So probably what you were seeing those years there was yeah. I was, I was mm-hmm. into my mode of being an athlete, but this really is, is the real John Wilson. Right. This, this is the everyday John Wilson. This is how you, man, it's, we could talk about it. It's a profound way to look at it. This is exactly how you're supposed to look right now. Mm-hmm. And just tell me if I'm summarizing incorrectly. And the definition of health would be kind of like the physical embodiment of how you should feel right now, this moment, specific to where you are in your life. Like in soccer, you're probably healthy back then for what you were doing, which mm-hmm. was playing soccer, need to be a physical peak. Yeah. Now you don't necessarily need to push your body that much, right. but you still want to feel good, mm-hmm. look good, whatever that is. Yeah. And, and I just love them not comparing because that's huge. There's yeah. so many people that compare themselves. I look like Leo Messi or Ronaldo. Like, right. no, you, no, you yeah. may not be able to look like that. Or if you do look like that, you're not going to feel healthy. Right. Like you're going to feel worse. Right. I mean, and look like that. You're going to feel terrible. And it goes back to your, your, what your body needs individually, mm-hmm. even, even your diet, you may need yeah. something in your diet more than someone else. And that's how I've started looking at it. And that, and that is becoming more because my mom has diabetes and um, there's a generation of, of, of how my mom grew up where, you know, you, you ate what you had, yeah. but, but also the foods were different back then. I and I agree. notice now it's, it's tough for her to manage the diabetes with, with the food because there's just so much in front and things are different. Yeah. And I was blessed to, to kind of learn those things and, and then take those, take those small things and, and use them to, to try to get my body to where it should be. Is it perfect? No, but I believe the simple things lead can lead you to where, to where you should be. And yeah. that's, that's yeah. how I've looked at it. No, that's, that's so good. I like that one a lot. All right. I got some fun ones. Mm-hmm. We only got a few minutes left. Yeah. So we'll go through them quick. What is your walkout song? My walkout song. Yeah. You're on stage. You're about oh, to walk my, out on stage. I was just speaking. I'm, I'm speaking. was it December 5th here at a conference and they asked me that. What do you want to walk out to? You know? Some LL Cool J. That's what somebody said last time. Some ACDC. Oh, I don't know. Man. Like, you know. I don't have it. All I'm going to John Mayer. I don't know you. <laughs> this is going to be funny. There, there, There's two I, I can think of, and they're not. They're going to blow your mind. In college, I would listen to Bob Marley before I played. And I listened to Sade. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I can't believe I just told you that because people are like, man. And you would go on the field, and that would get you. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because, Everybody's different, man. Yeah. Individualistic. Bob Marley and Sade. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> All right, uh, what's your favorite cartoon? Favorite cartoon. Past, present. Um, uh, future. Gosh, I haven't watched cartoons in a while. Yeah, this is a kid. What man. was the the Roadrunner? A lot of Looney Tunes. Oh yeah, they yeah. could never catch the guy. It was so funny. <laughs> oh, man. Those were really yeah, funny. Yeah, you know, it's funny. That's what a lot of people say. To yeah. Tell the demographic of people. Mm-hmm. Well, my age. If you, um, oh, that's funny. This is a good one for you. If you wouldn't have been a professional soccer player, right? Mm-hmm. What do you think you would have been? Like, what? Say that soccer would not have been an option. You know, was there another route? Was there a plan B? <laughs> 
plan B, right? Yeah. Where I grew up, my, my dad's a minister. He was a minister. Uh, I don't know about that. (laughs) Um, Probably I would, he was a roofer as well. I probably would have, would have played football. Um, Now that I realize what I'm doing now within speaking, there's a possibility I could have been (laughs) a minister, but yeah. yeah, I would, I would say football. Okay. And I'd definitely be in some type of coaching. Yeah. I, I know that my two passions slash gifts are, I would say, speaking and also coaching, which is more about making a connection and relationships. Yeah. So, this is a good one. Man, you got some good questions. Oh, thanks, man. Flex. I appreciate it. I thought, thought a long time about them. What's the last TV show you watched? The last TV like, show? Literally, what's the last thing you watched? Football. College football. College football. Yeah, okay. Clemson versus South Carolina. <laughs> it's a good game. Yeah. Last uh, book you read? The last book, Rare Rare Leadership, R-A-R-E. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right, and tell us a little bit about what you're doing now and where people can find you. Last question. Last question. Yeah. What, what am I doing now? Yeah. I am saving the world with, yes, with John Wilson Speaks. No, I know. <laughs> there all, you go. Start small. And all seriously, uh, I, I'm doing more, more speaking. Uh, I have a website, yes, with uh, johnwilson.com. We'll link to it in the show notes too. And I'm all about recognizing the power of yes. As I, as I said earlier, being able to simplify things, I think it's key as an athlete in everyday life. And I think yes is a three-letter word that, that can do that. And so what, what I'm doing now is looking for those yes stories. It doesn't have to be the athlete who scored the most points. It doesn't even have to be the person who made the most sales. It's, it's everyday people who, who are successful in their own way. And what I do is I share those stories. As me and you talked about earlier, stories are so powerful, mm-hmm. really, really powerful. And I think that there's, people out there who are successful, who have these yes stories that need to be told. And one of the things I'm passionate about and I'm good at is telling stories. I'm pretty sure now I look back when my, when my mom would ask me something, did you shuck the corn? I could have a story that, why that did not happen, why that did not happen. (laughs) Right. And it would, it would, it would carry on. So yes, yes. With John Wilson is, is something that, I'm really passionate about. I, I think it's something that I should be doing. Uh, as well, I'm coaching. I'm back in the coaching, obviously with with the battery, but also with Elite Futsal Charleston. And I've always thought that one of the best places to change lives, make a difference, mm-hmm. sports. And I love the pace of the game. I believe what what we have going on there is something special because. We have kids from every club, from all walks of life. And At futsal or battery? Futsal. Futsal. Yep. Futsal. Yeah. Yeah. I love the, what Kevin's doing. Yeah. Right. And, and the battery, I, I enjoy. I think it's a great club. It's, it's been here forever. It'll always be a part of me. And, and Coach, Coach Anhauser and, and the staff has been great. I love being around the guys. I think for me, you know, they, they call me Coach, but 
I see myself with them more as a, as a mentor. Mm-hmm. I believe that if I can develop a relationship that with them in the right way, then when things aren't going well, maybe with off the field that they can come to me and we can, we can talk. And so those are, those are things um, that I'm doing now. And if people want to find me, you can find me on, let's see, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, at John A. Wilson, 25. Obviously, 25 being being my number here. Right. And uh, no, it's it's been it's been great to kind of pursue something different, but also I'm still in the game, and that's that's always what I tried to do because the reason I started playing, like when I I didn't say this earlier, but growing up in Seneca, a kid my age and and and, and like me, you didn't play soccer. You played football. You played basketball. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm glad that I pursued something that maybe was different. And I've carried that with me now. I had a gift for it. So now I'm pursuing something that is different that I have a, I have a gift for. And lastly, I believe that if you can imagine if everybody was, let's say, at yeah, 6% of the individuals in the world doing what they were passionate about, people would be happier. Mm-hmm. It's a key to happiness for sure. Mm-hmm. Find what your unique yeah. gift is and give it back. Give it and give it back and, yeah. and enjoy it and and take it slow. Yeah, trust the process. <laughs> trust the process. <laughs> we sound like the Philadelphia Sixers. Oh, so the, the process. Yeah. But, yeah. Oh, man. They said that for years and I think now they're doing better. So, yeah. One but, day. <laughs> yeah. Man, thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. It was yeah. uh, it was a pleasure. Dude, pleasure. That was a blast. We may have to go around too at some point. Yeah. 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 He brought up some great, some great memories and. I think I need to go get in the pool and then work on my swimming. There you go. <laughs> More of a story. Yes. Learn nothing else. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to Healthy Charleston Podcast. Don't forget your body is resilient, strong, and adaptable. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, we'd love for you to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. And please share this information with your friends, family, because believe it or not, you too can change people's lives. Thanks so much. What's up, everybody? Eve here. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Healthy Charleston Podcast. If you did, we would love for you to leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. And please leave us any comments. We're always looking to improve or recommend a guest. Yes, we take recommendations. Also, if you want to learn a little bit more about us and our health and human performance clinic, where we do physical therapy and performance training, please go check out madetomovept.com. Again, that's made, the number two, movept.com. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon.